Welcome to the Blackout Podcast where I get to talk to amazing people who do amazing <laughs> things. And, and today I have this person that actually inspired me today. Maybe this house thing, there's something to it. Uh, Kevin <laughs> Roberts, real estate guru. And someone that decided to buy his first home like super early. Thanks for coming to the podcast today. Yes, thank you for having so, me. So home, like, you know, there's this debate. I can't remember the name of the show, but it's like... This guy goes to people's houses. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, I'll look at your money and then I'll show you how to spend it. And one of the things is like, you don't really need to buy a home. But then I'm like, you know, because sometimes when you look at mortgage prices and then mm-hmm. rent prices, it's like, what the, f- what? Yeah. Because <laughs> like, it's either the same or sometimes the rent is a little bit more for mm-hmm. like, it's, you know, like a small place, especially in the city. And then yeah. I saw your LinkedIn and you're like, you know, you're about to get a new property. I'm like, hmm, you're the right person to talk to. So thanks for coming today. Why did you decide to get a house so early? Um, well, it's something I've always wanted to do. Cause like you said, like rent prices were insane. And mm-hmm. at the end of the day, some people have to rent, but you know, you are renting something that you don't own. So it's like, you're just money's going down the drain. Mm-hmm. So throughout university, that's something I've always wanted to do. I was like, I need to save my money up and then eventually buy a house is what my original plan was because I didn't want to be throwing money away on rent. It just didn't seem appealing to me. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of what I did. But, um, you know, I eventually found like investing and thought, well, I can also lower that cost of buying the house and paying for the mortgage and stuff by having a tenant in the other unit. So mm-hmm. that's kind of what I did. Um, didn't go exactly as planned because I ended up buying in Truro because Halifax, when I graduated, it was mid-COVID. Oh, it was insane. As a yeah, single yeah. as a single man out of university, you don't make that much money. So mm. Halifax prices were pretty crazy. So mm. had to look elsewhere. So right. ended up in Truro. I, I lived in Truro for a while. And, you know, it's a pretty nice city. It's laid back and stuff. Mm-hmm. And people that are super nice. How was it? Like, why did you, I mean... There are a lot of towns before you get to Truro. Why did you decide to go to Truro? How was the process of getting the place there? Well, Truro is, to me, the biggest market outside of Halifax. And that's kind of why, what led me there is Mm -hmm. I wanted to invest somewhere where I knew people were living and moving to, but, you know, I just couldn't afford Halifax. So Mm -hmm. the next best thing for me um, was Truro. You know, it's an hour outside of the city. there's lots of people moving there. They have pretty much everything you need. They have a Starbucks in Truro, which I never thought that would <laughs> end up in Truro. If you knew, you know, Truro 10 years ago, it's just yeah. a small town. Yeah. Um, but they have everything you need there. It's growing a lot. It was, um, I saw a stat that it was one of the smallest um, small markets that grew throughout COVID. So naturally, um, I just found that town to be, you know, just, it's just a smaller Halifax at this point. So mm. it's going to continue growing. So I decided to plant some roots there and, and get No, property. makes total sense because while I was there, I was working in Halifax, so the commute mm-hmm. isn't too bad. Well, that's the thing. People from Ontario don't mind an hour commute. So right. as people start to move to Halifax, you know, you can't all live in the city. So mm. people start to move outside. So Smart man. Exactly. Smart man. <laughs> so what was the process of getting the, pl- of the place? Um, it, was, it was challenging at first because, you know, in COVID, it was like people were offering $100,000 over asking. And, you know, I didn't make enough money to do that. So, um, look, Truro wasn't as, um, there wasn't as much competition there. 
So it was a little bit of an easier process, but you know, you have to go through the steps of finding a, a mortgage broker or talking to your bank to figure out how much money you can be approved for and then find a realtor and find, go look at all these different houses. Yeah, I've had a chat with someone before and they always confuse me. So what's the broker and what's the realtor? Like what's the, mm -hmm. uh, and can, they, can the company or person be both? Uh, yeah, so you, you can be both um, if you want to choose that profession. That'd be pretty hectic. But okay. um, there's the mortgage broker um, is someone that essentially just helps you get financing. So, you know, you could go to a bank like your bank, but they'll, they'll only offer you a certain amount of services and you have to meet their criteria. So one thing's off, you're not going to get financing. Like um, it was especially difficult for me because I didn't make much money the banks would just see me as some little kid trying to buy a house. Mm. So the mortgage broker kind of can shop around to every different bank or lending institution and find you the best rates to get your mortgage with and mm. you know all the different terms that suit your needs. So they help on the financing side, but then the realtor is the one you know that will go and like just look at all the listings and get you the right house or property. Do you have to look at a lot of places to settle down? Yeah, there? yeah. I, I've probably looked at 20-ish throughout the time. Um, for a while I was looking, I had a friend that I knew invest in Halifax and we were gonna pull our resources together and buy here. Mm -hmm. um, but you know, even mid COVID market with two people, it just, we couldn't do it. So mm -hmm. he had to move on to something else. So I was on my own. So wow. true it is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so like you had to drive every time to Truro to check the place or? Yeah, well, I, I lived there for probably three months because it just wasn't, it wasn't, easy to yeah. just drive there especially yeah. with contractors like i was getting work done and they don't work on the weekends most of the time oh. so it's like how is how am i going to let them in and show them what to do so right so once you got a place you had to mm. would, how much work did the place need um my first one didn't didn't need too much you know just like basic like putting flooring in i redid the bathroom um basic stuff okay yeah so you said first one how many do you have now? yeah now i just bought my second one in november right um, so pretty much a year after that i i have now i have another t duplex in Truro as well so what lessons did you learn from the first one that helped that you're applying to the second one now everything costs more than you think it will <laughs> i promise you that <laughs> Everything, yeah, everything costs more and it takes longer than you think. So mm. the first one, it was a little bit easier because I, I wanted to do everything myself okay. for the, that I could. I'm not that handy, but right. I wanted to, to get in there and, you know, learn what I'm doing and then deal with tenants and learn everything firsthand. This one, I'm kind of taking a step back because um, I brought in a, a partner with this one. The okay. first one I did all myself, but, yeah. you know, I wasn't able to to fund the renovations and the down payment for the second one. So I brought mm -hmm. someone in that wanted to invest in real estate, but didn't have the time and energy to do it. Uh, so I kind of just filled that gap. So right. we went in as partners. Um, but now that I don't have to live there anymore um, at this new property, I'm just hiring contractors and doing so all that kind of step back. So it's going to be fixed and then you rent it pretty much. Yep. It's do you have to, like, I don't know, you know, because I'm used to there being like an agent, like not an agency, like an mm -hmm. organization for, you know, brokers and all these things. Like, is there something for a landlord or once you own a property, you don't have to sign anything, you own it? Yeah, pretty much once once you, you own it, you can, you know, do as you see fit. Obviously, like there's laws yeah, in yeah. place for landlords and tenants and stuff like that. But yeah, there's no agency or anything Oh, like wow, it's just you. And then how do you, what decides how much the rent of the place is? You all... 
you the landlord can kind of come up with that themselves obviously like when i was looking at you know how much will i rent this for you i just look at comparable listings so like mm. you know go on facebook or kijiji and see what things are renting for um and then you know you can kind of judge like oh well that place might be a little bit nicer um than mine and has you know a dishwasher and mine doesn't so i'm not going to rent the same price but yeah oh. it's kind of a judgment call but you know if you rent it too high um ideally like no one will will apply right. and you'll kind of figure out oh, maybe i didn't didn't do that I right mean, you can but, always change the price if you want mm -hmm. <laughs> and i but i personally would always i've always used like people that i know and say like for churro i knew some people that invested there so i'd always reach out and say oh do you think this is reasonable for this or mm. you know do you think that i can get this rent and stuff like that because mm. you know it's a people business right of course, yeah. right? I like, you're literally seeing the person. How was it like leaving the place and renting it out though? I'm curious. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it wasn't too bad. I got really lucky because um, I screened my tenants really well, mm. which is something that um, people can easily ruin their real estate experience with. If they don't find the right tenants, then it mm. can be, you know, really hectic. What was your process of screening tenants? Um, so I personally just, I made a, a Google Forms document so I could ask them every question um, that I wanted. You know, like, do you smoke? Like, how many pets do you have? Describe them, like all your employment history, landlord references, because I wanted everything to be as sound as possible. And then when I found a few people and I met them and I liked their vibe, I told them up front, you know, hey, I'm going to run a credit check just to make sure like everything looks in order. Mm -hmm. um, at that point, once you tell someone that you, you're going to check their credit, if they say something, you know, if they seem hesitant, then there's <laughs> like probably that. something. <laughs> yeah, that's you got to check my credit and stuff. And okay. I, I had people like that, you know, like, oh, like, we don't want you looking into that. And that's just kind of a, it was a red flag. <laughs> so I moved with someone else. Um, Is it, I mean, that's just part of the process, Exactly, right? but you know, some people aren't comfortable with it, but it's usually for a good reason. So. Yeah, I mean, I, but like, uh, I, I guess you have to hire like someone to do the credit check, right? Or Yeah, there's online services. Oh, um, okay. Um, I think I use like single key is what it was a, just a website. They'll do a crack, uh, credit check, background check, employment check. Whatever. What? It's like so it, it's going to just say, and, and then basically it gives you a result and then you kind of try and match with what they said in your form. Yeah, or? it basically just says if there's any red flags or if, you know, like how much debt they have and stuff like that and mm. how much money they make to see if, if, if it actually matches up. They can actually up. pay the rent. Mm -hmm. um, so with this new place, is it ready now? Is it still being? Yep. Yeah, it's, it's all ready. There's tenants in one unit and then we're just waiting for the other ones to move in. So. Oh, wow. Mm -hmm. Wow, wow, wow. And I guess, uh, was it? plan like are you gonna get more or yeah ideally i'd like to get something bigger the goal for this year is to get two properties um but i want to get some multifamily, so bigger like maybe eight units and up ideally oh like, so like smaller all those apartment things. buildings yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that's more work though yeah it is it is in a way um it's a little bit more efficient um because you know, if you get, if you renovate one unit, you can just do the exact same thing to all the other ones if uh, there's not tenants in them. Um, yeah, but yeah, there's, yeah. there's pros and cons to both of them. But, you know, it's kind of like how people say you want to diversify um, in business or in anything like that. With this, when I'm, when I have a duplex, I only have two sources of income for that to cover those expenses. Right. But if you have a multifamily building, you have eight, like let's say if it's an eight unit. So then if one person leaves, it's not no a big deal. No one can pay for, till you get space. Exactly. And then, 
this person's oh wow and there's different financing for it as well are so. you gonna go solo or are you gonna wear your partner no. yeah i'm gonna have to find a partner with those <laughs> ones. So how do you vet your partners though like how do you find your partners yeah for? this is it's a little bit more new to me because um you know i just used my first partner recently um people usually start with friends and family and mm. you know you you kind of just find like oh the rich uncle or someone that can help mm. um that want to get into it and then, you know, from there you go to outside investors, people that are like acquaintances, you don't know that much. Um, so it's, you know, it's always important to kind of sit down with them, obviously, but it needs to be a right fit in mm -hmm. that they're not like for me personally, when I found this property, I needed someone that wasn't didn't just want to throw money in and get it back right away because mm -hmm. that's just not the environment that we have anymore. Like you need to hold on to something to actually see yep. gains from it. Mm -hmm. um, it's not COVID. You can't just put money in and get I'm it like, right back oh, out. Then, yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah. So I mean, it's mainly just I just had to present my opportunity and show them how I could benefit them and and make sure that they were okay with all the terms and conditions. And so stuff like that. was this family or did you have a network of like how you found the people? Yeah, this was through um, my network. Um, so that's probably one of the biggest things that I attribute to having properties younger um, is I've been around investors for a couple of years, five years now at this point. So I have some friends that probably bought about a hundred units down in the States. So they <laughs> just referred me someone. What? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's insane. The prices are, it's a different ball game down there. Like, you know, I think they ended up buying a 24 unit building for one, like a million dollars. Which here you can get a duplex downtown for a million dollars. Wow. Which is just, it's just nuts. That is insane. And then you just, goddamn, you're kind of like just printing money at that point. <laughs> uh, down there, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, do, do you, you know, so I, the first one you bought it, you lived in it, fixed it, had someone. With the second one, with a partner, do you have to like have a company now? Or did you even have, a, do you yeah. have to have a company for the you, first one? It's usually. It, you can do it without one. Um, if you want to do it in your personal name, you can do that. You can also put it in like a corporation or something like that. There's different rules and regulations when it comes to that stuff. Mm. We did this in um, his personal name. Um, but yeah, you can do a corporation if you want. It's just a little bit better for liability. But So different. are you going to do that at some point or is it always Yeah, be... no, with the bigger stuff, I think you have to because, oh, okay. you know, once you get into a lot of different tenants and a big building, you probably want that extra protection. Will you have like a, a manager or? Yeah, at this point I do have a property manager now. Yeah, yeah, I was property, doing yeah. it all myself when I started because I didn't see the need. How do you pick um, the property manager? That's also just a vetting process. So like you want to you want to see, you know, have they managed, how many managed or properties do they manage? Mm. How do they manage them? You know, like maybe talk to people that that use them and that's kind of what i did is i knew someone that used my property manager before mm. um two people actually so i was able to see you know how she does her work um how she deals with tenants and things like that so uh, what exactly do they do because like to me honestly i only know when uh, it's time to plow <laughs> what else does a property manager do yeah i mean they pretty much do all the communication with the tenants so that's a big thing is, you know, you don't, you won't get any texts about the water. Like I won't get texts about, you know, a light's not working or the water heater isn't working right this, this time. Or so they'll deal with anything tenant related, tenant communications, finding the tenants, putting them in the property mm. and then any maintenance requests. Obviously I'm, 
if anything happens, like I'm the one that the property manager will come to, mm. but it's just kind of dealing with the day-to-day -day operations. Man, that's, it's like, it sounds super efficient though. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's, it, you kind of have to be, otherwise you're just, <laughs> yeah. you know, I don't want to get a call about a toilet. Out, right. Because right. I'm not driving down. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, you've, you've built this thing and how does it feel? It feels good. I will say though, like now that I've been, I was in university, um, this is when I started really researching it. I was in university and I put myself around those people. Like I've had these people that buy apartment buildings. Like I've been, we would do weekly masterminds together. So I saw what they were doing while I was just sitting there 19 years old in university, not doing anything. So at this point it feels good, but I'm also you know, motivated by them. And this is something that I expected by this, by this age. So, mm. um, I definitely, um, am proud of myself, but also pretty humble when I see like what these guys are what doing. What did you study? Uh, I studied finance. Oh, oh. Mm -hmm. so I'm a numbers person already. So. <laughs> so, so it's like, oh yeah, this makes sense. Um, what was the plan though? Were you going to like walk in a bank or? Yeah, I didn't, I didn't really have a whole big plan. Um, I changed my idea when I was a kid about what I wanted to do all the time. Mm -hmm. um, I knew I always wanted to be in real estate some way, shape or form, but mm -hmm. um, I just knew that I liked numbers and I thought that finance would be a good career. But when you think about finance, you always think about like the big investment bankers mm. that work 80 hours and make yeah, $500,000 yeah. a year. And that's not what I did, but yeah. Okay, um, man, so fascinating. But uh, I, I decided this year to do something new with the show and ask everyone this one question that someone asked me that really blew my mind. And, you know, I'm going to keep changing it just a little bit, but it's the <laughs> essence the same. And the question is this, so what something like what experience happened before you were 17 that's kind of responsible for the person you are today? Hmm. That's a tough question. I know. I know it blew my mind. What happened before I was 17 that's responsible? Um, I think for where I am today in real estate and my career and stuff like that, probably mm -hmm. the most, I, I had a conversation with my dad when I was a little bit younger. My, um, my dad's a lawyer, um, but he works for himself. He, it's just a small practice. Um, and I was always confused growing up because you know, when you tell someone your dad's a lawyer, they're like, oh, you're loaded. Mm. Um, but we're, we're not, we drive, they drive modest cars, we live in a modest area, you know. Um, so I asked my dad, like, hey, why don't we have a bunch of money and why don't we go on vacations all the time? Um, and he said to me, well, I could have joined a big firm and made a lot of money, but I chose to work for myself because I didn't want to be tied in the office from nine to nine and not being able to see my kids and, you know, my wife. Wow. So that kind of changed the way I looked at work because he, you know, I had a view that I had to be in like somewhere in an office or in a corporate world working all the time to make the money so mm. I could provide for my family and kids. Um, but you know, that kind of shift, like, oh, I can just change the way I look at it um, and work for myself um, to avoid, you know, being away from my wife and kids, but still have some money to, to spend. So that's kind of what shifted me I think to go in an entrepreneurial mindset and think like how can I 
work for myself to get that time back, but mm. still be able to provide for my family. Okay, that's cool. That's cool. Mm -hmm. That is cool. And then lastly, I, 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 um, a, a friend and former guest actually blew my mind with this magic trick. Oh, okay. I like, I'm like, so what it is, is essentially like this six card. So okay. you pick a number between one and 60, right? And mm -hmm. then, uh, oh, flip. I need to get you a pen and paper. But uh, you're going to write your number on this paper. Okay. And then point it to the camera. And then I will tell you what your number is. After I do a couple of things, though. Okay. So, so once you have the number, let me know. And uh, let me get into my meditative zone. <laughs> okay. It's hard to write on this couch. You got it? Yeah. Okay, so point it to the... You got it? All right. Okay, so here we go. Is your number in this card? Nope. Nope. Is it in this one? Nope. Oh my God, okay. Is it in this one? Yeah. Okay. Is it in this one? Yes. This one? Yeah, it is. Sorry, okay. I was just checking. I didn't realize it was in multiple. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That works out fine. Is it here? Nope. Nope. Is it here? Nope. <sighs> okay, I hope I don't fuck this up, but uh, you good? Yeah, I just wanted to make sure it wasn't any of the other ones. You okay? You're good. All right. Is it 17? <laughs> How do you do that? Is there a screen that he's looking at? No, there's nothing. No, there's no way. It's 17. Oh my God, it's so great to have you on the podcast. Thanks for coming in. <laughs>